Today we peer into this very interesting and awe-inspiring story of Jesus calming the storm and this, this interaction that he has with the disciples in the middle of it. This is very early in Jesus' ministry. We're only in Mark chapter 4. He hasn't really gotten going too much yet. Uh, he's, he's got his disciples kind of gathered. He's still in this small area of, of Galilee, has not traveled a lot. But his ministry is already starting to take off. As you can imagine, if you are healing and giving out food and taking care of people, then you, you might be able to get a crowd. And so Jesus uh, is starting to get a crowd. He's, he's gathered these, this new group of disciples He's walking around the Sea of Galilee and there are just so many people he decides to teach them. And so what he decides to do is go out in this boat, sort of offshore, and in that way he could talk to the people on the beach and maybe it's sort of a hillside leading down to the sea and can talk to this large group of people from the boat. So all day on this particular day, Jesus has been teaching. We have several parables in, in earlier in Mark chapter 4 that Jesus teaches. And he goes on all day. And then in the evening, he makes the suggestion that they go across the sea. And we're in Mark 4.35. Let me read the story for you. On that day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And there were other boats with him. And a great windstorm arose. And the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? This is a weird decision by Jesus to go to the other side. First of all, he's got a crowd of people there, he's already getting all these followers. This is the moment where you start your church, right? This is the moment where you get organized, where you gather these people together, where you collect their email addresses so you can keep following up with them. Jesus, you got all these people, at least take up a collection, right? But instead of being there and capitalizing on this momentum that he has, I mean, the people listen to him talk all day. Jesus decides to go to the other side. It's also a challenge because on the other side of this sea is not Jewish land. When Jesus says go to the other side, he's talking about leaving Israel and going to people who are not Jewish. This is very strange and has not happened at all yet in the Gospel of Mark. And so the disciples have to be a little weirded out by this. But, but they're already in the boat. And, and we know because archaeologists have found a boat around the Sea of Galilee from about this time. Probably this boat was about 25 feet long, about 8 feet wide, and about 4 feet high. Could hold about 15 people. So with Jesus and his disciples, they're, they're probably a pretty full boat. Not a real big boat. 
not like a double-decker boat. There's no downstairs to this boat. It's just everybody out in this boat. We don't know whose boat it was, but, but we know that Peter and Andrew and James and John were all fishermen when Jesus called them to be disciples in this area. So perhaps this is Peter's boat. Or it's James and John's boat. We don't know whose boat it is, but we do know that they start, since they're already in the boat, to take it to the other side. Now they've been in this boat all day. And now they're going to travel across it at night. One of the questions that comes to me when I read the story, because I'm weird like this, is how they went to the bathroom. But the text doesn't seem to be that interested in my question. It just sort of keeps telling the rest of the story. So we'll leave that sit. They go to the other side to Gentile land. And because it's Gentile land, and because the Sea of Galilee tends to have these storms, most of these fishermen have never really crossed the sea. They probably knew the coastline very well. But the Sea of Galilee is 696 feet below sea level. And it has sort of these violent downdrafts and real sudden storms that come up on the Sea of Galilee all the time. So you really didn't want to be in the middle of it. Furthermore, no good Jewish fisherman, if he could help it, would have ever crossed the sea to go over with people who were not Jewish. So, they're on unfamiliar territory, even for fishermen. And this storm comes in. And the storm is bad. It just says a great windstorm in the text. The waves are breaking into the boat so that the boat is filling up with water. Remember, at least four of these disciples are professional fishermen from this sea, from this same place. When you have a storm that's freaking out the professional fishermen, you've got a serious storm. They are nervous. They are scared. They've got buckets or something, and they're trying to keep this water out of the boat. They just want to stay afloat. They're probably not really steering the boat, just trying to keep us all alive. And think of the humor of this. In the front of the boat, there would have been a little chair with a cushion so that, so that someone could sit at the front of the boat to be able to see kind of the depth. There's not really, they don't have a lot of maps and charts at this time. And Jesus is up there sleeping. He's sleeping through this whole storm. It's probably the only part of the boat that he could sleep on. Because in, in the waves like that, it probably would have been out of the water. So he's the only one staying even remotely dry from all these waves, so the rain's on him. But he's been teaching all day, and so he's tired and sleeping. Just appreciate the humor of that for a second. The fishermen are so freaked out, they think they're going to die. And Jesus is just snoring away on the front. It's like something out of a cartoon or something. And so the disciples, in their moment of panic, come to Jesus. And what do they ask Him? Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Look, they're early enough in Jesus' ministry, they still call Him Teacher. They're not calling Him Lord yet. Their terminology is going to change eventually, but this is still very, very early. Do you not care that we are perishing? You know, I can think of a few questions probably that they could have asked before that one, right? Like, was no one concerned that Jesus was, like, sleeping at the edge of the boat? I would think somebody would have said, Jesus, wake up, you might roll out of this thing. But they're not concerned with Jesus, really. They're not really asking him a lot of other questions. Jesus, man, you sleep like crazy. You should see a doctor. You're sleeping so soundly. But no. They ask, do you not care that we are perishing? 
Which I think means that they have been wondering about how Jesus could sleep through this for a while. Have you ever done that? You need to say something to somebody and you hold back and then you get all these other emotions and all this other stuff conversing with other people so that when you go to tell them there's a lot more emotion and there's a lot more harshness than there needed to be in the first place. I wonder how long he'd been sleeping. I wonder if they were actually mad, not that he was sleeping or they didn't care about them, but that they're just getting tired of chucking this water out with buckets and they're mad that Jesus isn't doing any work. We don't know the backstory. We just know that they come with this harsh statement. Do you not care that we are perishing? They're not concerned about Him. Jesus wakes up and He rebukes the wind. He he says to the sea, Peace, be still. In the Greek, it's a command. It's not just a statement. It's a command. Now, be still. Be at peace. He commands this storm, and then there was a great calm. Jesus does a lot of different miracles and a lot of different healings. But normally when He does healings and when He does miracles, He doesn't command like this. This actually doesn't sound much like a miracle. The language here of rebuking and being calm is actually more like an exorcism in the text. He commands, peace, be still, and there's a break in the storm. But it was more than a break in the storm. It was a great calm the text describes. Like not just the storm sort of died down, but this amazing calm, this eerie sort of chilling hairs on the back of your neck stand up, unnatural peace that the storm and the waves and the wind obey Jesus so strongly that it seems to worry the disciples. And then he turns to them and said, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And then the text does something very interesting. The story says, And they were filled with great fear. They're no longer afraid of the storm. What are they afraid of? Actually afraid of Jesus. Who is this man, they ask? Who is this then that even the wind and the sea obey him? They're a little freaked out. This guy is pretty new to them. They haven't been with him long. They haven't seen him do something so amazing yet. And why? Why does Jesus do this? We we all go through storms in life, don't we? Things that beat against us. Things that we feel are going to drown us. Whether it's work or whether it's loss. Whether it's things that go on in our own mind. On Father's Day I'm particularly aware that many of us have broken relationships with our parents or with our family or with our children or with our grandchildren. Storms come up. What we learn in this story is that Jesus has the ability to calm the storm. He has the ability to just calm that storm. So the question is, why is there a storm in the first place? Is it just that Jesus is asleep and doesn't know that the storm is going? In which case, many times in our lives, we hope Jesus isn't asleep. Though sometimes it may feel like He is. Maybe Jesus does this to teach the disciples something. Although it's interesting that they're going to go through a lot of storms. 
that he's not going to calm. They're going to watch him be crucified. They're going to think that he's gone. They're going to watch him ascend into heaven. Many of these same disciples, they're going to be killed themselves for their belief in Jesus. He doesn't always calm the storms. And doesn't that sometimes make us really angry? Lord, do you not care that we are perishing? I am perishing, Lord. I am drowning. I am overwhelmed. But sometimes Jesus doesn't calm the storm. Maybe because He wants to teach us. Maybe He knows the disciples are going to have to go through some serious storms. And so He needs them to learn here that they can trust Him. So that when He doesn't calm the storm, when they have to go through it, they can trust Sometimes Jesus calms the storm. But I think most of the time He calms us instead. Sometimes He doesn't quiet the world around us. He just calms us in the middle of it. Sometimes He says peace to the waves. But sometimes He just says peace to our fears. Sometimes He says be still to the wind. But sometimes as Christ's followers, He just tells us, Be still and know that I am God. Sometimes He calms the storm, but I think a lot of times He chooses to calm us. And I don't always like it, and it doesn't always feel good to me in the storm. But that's sometimes what God does. But isn't it amazing that we have a God who can calm the storm. And if He chooses not to, that means He's putting you through something that may be difficult and it may be scary but that He's going to be with you and make sure you don't drown in the process. My wife's going to come sing a song that says, sometimes Jesus calms the storm, but other times He calms His child. As she comes, as Rick and I play and and we sing this song, I want to encourage you to think of the storms in your life. Think of those times when You have been overwhelmed, those areas of your life when you think you are drowning. Hear these lyrics and give those over to God. Choose to trust. Oh, no. 
What we know is that someday Jesus is going to calm all the storms. He's already paid for it. He's already died on the cross for it. And until then, we're going to go through storms. But thanks be to God, He is always with us. He is always caring for us. And He is always saying to us, Peace be still. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, many of us are going through storms. We are going through difficulties. Our Lord, we know others who are. And so I pray that you would calm us. That you would be with us. And not just be with us, but let us know that you are with us. Help us to not be mad in the middle of the storms. But I pray that you would bring us peace. And help us to trust. Drive us to the question of who you are. In Jesus' name, amen.